When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler communications. Drivers, start your engines! Hello and welcome, and thank you for listening to This Week Here at In the Marbles. I'm Matt Beamer alongside Preston Lude. How's it going, Preston? It's going. Good, man. How's life, man? Life is good. Sometimes. We're just starting the show off, getting it on, and let's get going. I'm so excited about this week's episode, man. It's an exciting week. We had the All-Star Race. We had an incredible three races at Texas. And an odd schedule coming up here for... Kentucky, not Kentucky, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Okay, well, it's close enough. No, it's not close enough. Well, it's either one or the other. <laughs> I'm sure I offended all of our Kansas listeners or Kentucky listeners, and I can I offended people whose state starts with a K. Let's say that. Yeah, be careful there. But how's it going, man? Everything's going. How's everything with you? Good. We, uh, my wife and I, just went to Alabama this week. See the family. How was that? It was good. Nice vacation. It was good. We got to. Hook up with Charlie Hercules and his new girlfriend, Bailey. Oh. So what we did, I got great stories about this. Oh. We I went to, to hear. No, we went to TGI Friday, for which is for one, there's so, I'm from Dothan, Alabama. Uh-huh. And there's so many good restaurants to choose from that TGI Fridays, yeah. really? Is that the best we could do here? But they said it. Okay. You know, we're visiting at this point. Yeah. So I'm not from Dothan anymore, I feel. But- we went there, had a good dinner. We drank some beers and met the new girlfriend in Charlie's life. Then we decided to go to this place called Adventureland. Now, Adventureland is where I used to work when I was 16, 17, 18. I worked there for a few years before I joined the Marine Corps. Okay. And they have, it's kind of one of those miniature golf, putt-putt places with an arcade, batting so, cages, like bumper a- boats, and... Go-karts. So like a Frankie's Fun Park down here. Sure, it's like a Frankie's Fun Park. I've never been to Frankie's Fun Park in Charleston. Oh, okay. So I can't compare the two, but based on what you just said, yeah, it's like yeah, a Frankie's Fun Park. That's what it sounds park. like. And so we went there, and we decided to do go-kart racing. Now, these go-karts have governors on them, which yeah. are in sense restrictor plates. Mm-hmm. So pack racing is everything. you got to get close to the person. you got to give them a bump in order to get past the person in front of them. First race, we just went. And it was chaotic. A lot of bumping, a lot of banging. Caroline was in there. She was 
crazy about what was going on here. Was she trying to wreck you? Of course. Everybody was trying to wreck me, except Bailey. I give it to <laughs> Bailey. She was kind of tiptoeing her first race, which is fine. And the rules are no bumping. Who follows that rule? Nobody If you're does. racing go-karts. Yeah, no. right. No bumping. I'm rubbing, and rubbing's racing. Might as well take the fun out of it if there's no bumping. Right. There's no rubbing. Let's say that. Mm. There's no racing. Okay. You can't race. You just ra- you just drive around. You you do nece- essentially they want you to do what Lewis Hamilton does every Formula One race, which is just get away. Which is just get away, stay away <laughs> from the other cars, and do whatever. So the first race went by, no problem. We played around the putt putt, and then we decided let's race three more races, best out of three. Okay. But it was just us. It was just me, Charlie, Bailey, and Caroline, who's all going to race. So it was just us four. So we decided. And Charlie talked to the guys, and the guys there are pretty cool. If you're cool with them, the workers, if you're cool with them, they're cool with you. And I loved it when race fans would come and race there because I would see a fun race. Mm-hmm. And he said, when we get to this point on the track, that's when you hit the green line. And Charlie made it the point to tell everybody, you don't we file up two by two, and when the green light comes on, we go. Sounds like a formation lap. So, yeah, it's a figure eight track. So we're coming around to the turn one. I'm on the inside, I'm on the right side behind Charlie. And then you have Bailey and Caroline. And at this point, I'm game time. Game face is on. Carol, it's not my wife next to me. It's another competitor. <laughs> so we decided we're going to go on green, in which your green light came on. And I kind of anticipated it, that, you know, with the gas and then go. You were timing it. It's timing it. I timed it perfectly because I Charlie went the same time as me, and I bumped him, and we went to the lead. And I'm pushing him, pushing him. I have a fast cart. This is one of those carts that everybody says, hey, which one's the fastest? This one. I think it was number 17 with the wing on it. Great. So I'm going, I'm pushing him. I see him get loose, so I bump him out of the way. And then I felt a bump from behind. It's Caroline. She figured out, oh, if I bump you, you're going to go faster. I'll catch you. We'll just keep. She figured out bump drafting. Okay. So we passed Charlie. I win that race. The next race, Caroline wins. Great finish. The third race didn't work out so well for me. I had the crappiest cart on the track. The slowest. The slowest. And, and there is no. And I know people say, oh, they're all the same. False. Yeah, that's a lie. This is the slowest cart. Because, I mean, right when it started up, it was already backfiring like an old school motorcycle who needs a carb adjustment. So I'm starting in the back again because Charlie always started up front. That's not fair. That's not fair. But it is what it is. So we go two by two again. We get going, and I, again, push Charlie. But then I'm getting hit from the rear a lot, just bumped the whole way. I realized at that point my cart is not going to compete yeah, at all. So I pulled aside and let Bailey and Caroline pass. Go get them. They laughed me. Oh. They caught me and laughed at me. Was that turned... It, it, really quick. I felt I know I now know how Timmy Hill feels. I now know how Williams feels. Uh, yeah, them especially. Oh, it's disheartening. It's, it's horrible. It's awful, isn't it? And I pretty much just stayed out of everybody's way. I felt horrible. You were just one of those go or go home I was, cars. I was a field filler. Field filler. That's right. That's, it was horrible. Or in Formula One terms, a back marker. Oh. I had no. Such It was no such thing as racing for me at that race. It was just right in the back, stay out of everybody's way, don't pull a Quinn Hoff. We'll get more into that later. Yeah, we will get more into that one. But how have you been, man? Good. I've uh, spent a lot of time in the past week on the new Formula One game. Yeah. With the steering wheel and the pedals, and I'm competing in a lot of online events. I do still do the career, but um, I'm in two different leagues right now as well. One of the leagues I'm in, the top three finishers of the season are considered for an esports team. So, and that's awesome. Now that gives you motivation to go because you can actually twitch that and fund in the marbles. Yeah, and the so, marbles will sponsor you. We'll give you the watermarks. Do not let us forget. If you make it, man, to esports yeah. and you don't have ITM on there, I'm going to be upset. It's um, it's very. Uh, it's very challenging, and I say that because in past years before, when I would play online on Xbox, like in NASCAR, mm-hmm. it's not as, it's, I mean, like, it's different when you're going from just, like, oval tracks to just straight up just road racing all the time, especially with Formula One cars, because I race about against anybody in the world, and right. these people are just downright, holy good. crap. Like, They're it's good. Just, it's, it's, it's not like your usual, like, 
no, when I would play NASCAR years ago, people would just wreck everybody for no reason, just all the right. time, just doing it on purpose. And half of these people have the class to not wreck. Some people are still doing it. They carry too much speed into the first turn after the start, and it looks like calamity corner. No, yeah, it's the same way on I racing. But uh, at least 75% of the time, there are people with class that race you cleanly, but, I mean, they are good. So I'm right. putting in the time. I mean, I did 12 hours last week. One day I did 10 hours on Monday. I feel like I don't have enough time to do iRacing for that amount of time. There, there are days yeah. where I, I feel like I could get six hour, five hours in mm-hmm. on a good day. Well, what I do is I jump on. I, I mean, I'll race sometimes during the day because the two leagues I'm in, they race during the day. Right. Because, you know, you have people all over the world. Like I have I've friended people on Xbox that I talk to. I mean, these guys are from England, the Netherlands. Are you telling them about the podcast? I have yet to tell them po- no, about man, the podcast. No, man, you have to tell them about the podcast. But, I mean, that's that guy from New Zealand that yeah. I called a straight-up jerk. I don't want. I don't have the censor button readily available. <laughs> on, uh, he said he'd check out my podcast, and he totally checked yeah. out my podcast. So. And um, I felt so bad about that, but you should totally do that. If there's a way you could paint a car, which I don't think so. Well, they have. you can create your own car in there, but you can't do custom logos. Which yeah. stinks. I think they need to come up with an update for that because if, yeah. they, if they did, I would be. I would do that. I do that in, in iRacing, and, hey, people notice it. Yeah, people. somebody will notice it at some point. Especially if you call, <laughs> especially <laughs> if you call them out after the race. Yeah. yeah so. Make sure to check out your phone, which makes me feel bad. Maybe I just need to change my gamer tag to, like, ITM Racing or something. There you go. Just so. do that. But yeah, I, I'll I'll have to explain it when I talk to them again. But yeah, explain it the, to them. One of the racing leagues actually has an Instagram. It's like called like Pit Stop Racing League or something like that. All right, that. well, and, get in touch with Pit Stop Racing League, and we'll talk to them and maybe maybe form a collaboration. But that's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. I hope everybody out there is doing well, being safe with this whole COVID thing. Can't wait for it to be over with. Aren't we all? But I yeah. secured my ticket to Darlington. Yeah. That's and exciting. Waiting for my Bristol ticket to come in the mail for both. Um, I think they're both um, playoff races. Yeah. Then I want to get my Roval ticket. Third year in a row, got to go. Yeah. Still... I feel like that's going to be a tradition now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Be. Maybe not like we, we did last year. But just go. Yeah. Yeah. I still have to uh, secure my Darlington ticket as well, but uh, planning on going. Well, try to sit next to me. Okay. Well, you just let me know the details and. Yeah. Figure it out. I, I paid 60 bucks for mine. Oh, well, that's not bad. No, that's not bad at all. I'm going to go there all day again. It's going to be great. I might not be there all day, but... I'm going to be there all day. <laughs> you, you're more than welcome to join me. I, I, got okay. an old, I got an old Winston Cup official uniform that I bought from the, this place online called the Racing Warehouse. I'll be sure to wear my podcast shirt all day long. I have an old Winston Cup uniform. Like oh. an old Winston Cup series official uniform. And it has the black pants with the Winston Cup on the side, the hat, the shirt... Maybe you'll get noticed. I'm going to get noticed. And then underneath it, I wear my ITM stuff in, in the pocket. And I have old rules book from, like, 93 uh, you, that, that, that I pull out. They'll and, have to give you hot passes. That's what I'm That's what I'm hoping for. If I win a contest, I'll just go out there and act like uh, Shasha Bore Corrin, Corrin when he's Borat. Like, um, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> method acting. And I'll just act like I'm doing everything. Maybe NASCAR will give me a job. That would be pretty cool. That'd be freaking sweet. It can happen. It can happen. And people, <laughs> people have gotten to notice it other ways. But that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're doing well. Let's go ahead and hop into it. We got a lot. We got a few pieces of news that I want to talk to you about and get your opinion on. So let's go into the news. All right. So the first piece I have, now it, it came from Brad Kislowski, who I think is the unofficial spokesperson right now for the, for the whole garage area. In the sense that he, he he's a good sounding board. He kind of, he knows what he's talking about. He's been in the sport for a number of years now, so I think he's entitled to his opinion. Quinn Half was coming to pit road into Texas race, close close to the end of the race. Yeah, was about two lanes higher. Came down, hit the hit Christopher Bell, which in turn he corrected and hit Matt Benedetto, hit the wall out of the race. Now when it happened, I thought maybe he just got loose or something. He was turning something broke. But then he came on Twitter and said, that was my fault, this and that. And there's been a lot of backlash for this. Mm-hmm. Mainly from Brad Kislowski, who said drivers should be demoted by NASCAR if they continue making moves like this and make mistakes. Now, everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. I even remember Kevin Harvick back in 2002 yep. coming from the top of the track to go pit, hooking Dell Jr. into the wall. Mm-hmm. 
yet there's no backlash. There is no Harvick should be bumped back down to Bush Series. None of that. Because at that time, he was Bush Series champion and Winston Cup rookie of the year. He knows what he's doing. But no, nothing crazy like that. But now everybody's going crazy over this incident. Mistakes happen? Yeah. Could he have done it differently? Hindsight's twenty twenty. But what do you think of drivers who kind I don't, I don't. I don't agree with Brad's statement. I, I, I think if drivers... Because what if Brad does it next week? Yeah. He probably won't. But what if Brad messes up somehow and he says, oh, man, I felt like a rookie out there, which is in turn saying rookie mistake. Well, did Quinn come out and say that? It, like, did he take full responsibility? He took full responsibility for the incident. Because when you look at the replay a couple times, I mean, like, you kind of have to think, is it on the spotter at this point? Because looking at the replay... There was only about four cars that was behind him, and then that was clear racetrack after that. Yeah, is it was it on the spotter that said, "Oh, you're clear," or was it just him saying, "Oh, I can, I got time to get down." But I, like, I didn't you did, hear you really did. I didn't hear any spotter communication from it. I just saw him come down, hit the ninety five, and then hit the twenty one, and then hit the wall. I mean, mistakes. So I don't know. Mistakes so, happen. Yeah, mistakes happen. I mean, at that level, you're expected to perform at not a street stock local. Tr- racetrack level Mm -hmm. you're expected not to make those mistakes you're expected not to do anything crazy mistakes happen people make mistakes these guys these guys aren't bulletproof these guys aren't immune to mistakes there are factors to it you could i mean we could re you could reach for any kind of excuse at this point i mean what if it was the spotter's call but it being so hot outside what if the spotter just Maybe his vision was a little like off. Like maybe he was getting hot or something. Yeah, I mean, a, thou- a thousand scenarios exactly. for that so one. So it's just, I mean, maybe Quinn thought that he had the time to come down. Maybe it was a dire situation that right. he needed to, but who knows? And I don't know. I I think Brad is right in a sense, and then he's not right. I mean, it just it could be a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, it's just Brad's opinion. I mean, we, we, we could probably ask. The fans out there, what they think, you think drivers should be demoted, but I mean, like... I don't think they should, because then you have... This is like a one-time incident with Quinn. Because then NASCAR has... Because then demote Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Exactly. There you go. That's a good one. How many times has he been spun out at Talladega? Or how many times has he wrecked? At Daytona, he was involved in three out of the, like, six cautions. And every time, he started it. Yeah. Yet he still races in Cup. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he had some backlash for that, but nobody said he should be demoted. Yeah, this is this is like a one the first time incident for Quinn. Anyways, I don't think I've ever seen this guy involved in anything. Right, and so you know, people mess up, and yeah. people have off days. Mm. But I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think no. that's up to the team owner because eventually he's going to get tired of fixing race cars, right? And then demote the driver yeah. or fire the driver. So yeah. leave it up to the team owner. Brad, stay out of it. Worry about your career. That's what I got to say about yeah, that. You should, yeah, you should just be worrying about other things at that point. If anything, it was probably a good thing for him anyways with a caution coming out. Right. So Take the blessing. Take yeah, the, take the positives away from yeah, that. Yeah, take the positive away from that, Kozlowski. I, I know it can be tough sometimes. <laughs> All right, so another piece of news I have here. NASCAR getting rid of qualifying and practice for the rest of the 2020 season. Is this good or bad? I'll tell you who it's bad for. Kyle Busch. I agree with that. That guy, every weekend, I listen to a scanner now that I have scanner's abilities, complains about, we would have found this in practice. This could have been caught in practice. Yep. There are 39 other guys out there who don't have practice. Well, that, you know, and what's funny is that comes in uh, when they were talking on the broadcast on Sunday. Kurt Busch even said on the radio, he said, there's a bump in turn one that I totally forgot about. That I never, I don't even remember even being there. Yeah, but guess what? And you discovered it at the start of the race. <laughs> After lap one, you discover it, and in the rest of the three hundred and thirty-three laps, <laughs> either avoid it or anticipate it. Right, but I mean, I get it. It's it's. I mean, everybody's on the same field. Yeah, and yeah, Kyle Busch isn't winning in the Cup Series, but you know, Hamlin's winning, Harvick's winning. Yeah, the qualifying and the whole. The whole I like the qualifying setup now. I don't know if I completely agree with it, honestly. I don't, I don't mind it. I now, just, if they have double headers, I say invert the field. I, I think th- that'd be fun. I think they should. I mean, like the way the qualifying is set up now, they do the random draw. Yeah, and the they top go off twelve, of the top twelve, then twelve, then thirteen through twenty-four, and right? And so on. I think they need to expand it a little bit because 
you have drivers that are sitting 13th and 20 through 24th in points that if you were giving them a chance to qualify, they could probably qualify inside the top 10. So you're, essentially you're just letting the top 12. But see, here's what I say about that. If you want to be up in the top 12 or a potential shot at the pole, perform better. Yeah, I mean, it could go. It goes both ways. I mean, I, I like that. I mean, I think this is the future of NASCAR right here. Because they were talking about shortening the practices and qualifying anyway. And the tandem qualify or the group qualifying with the knockout qualifying didn't work. Yeah. I, at first, it was great, especially Daytona Talladega and set the field in one lap, and then it rained, and we got the field set at least. But this, I think, is almost as much fun as stage racing. Mm. because of this you have to to perform well you have to be in that top 12 in order to have a shot at the pole well now if you're like a jimmy johnson who's struggling yeah you got to stay in that top 12 in order to stay up there relevant if the more you get shuffled back in points the more chance you have starting 24th the more chances you have starting anywhere right there which was we saw it's not necessarily a deal breaker after this weekend. However, if you want that good pit stall selection and a good track position and a clean air on your nose, perform well. I like it. I'll kind of agree. I I like it, but here's where I think I would like. I think, feel like it would benefit if you're going to try and get up there. Then you need to take stages out of it because the stages aren't playing into that. The stages are, if you're starting at the, at the front. All you got to do is stay in front the whole stage, and then you're still up front again. Well, that's the way it is even without stages. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if you're starting, if you have a car, somebody that's good, like, say if Jimmy Johnson were to drop, drop 24th, and he somehow draws 24th, I mean, if he can't get up to the front where everybody else is at half the time because the stages aren't working out, I mean, I don't know. It's, well, it's then like a Jimmy a Johnson situation. being the top 12 in points, and you won't have to worry about being 24th. I just, I'm one of those people that has kind of, started to disagree disagree with stage racing as the time goes on i i've actually i can live without it because i like the fuel mileage yeah i'm starting to become one of those people that thinks there are certain times during the season where i think we just need to shorten the races a little bit more honestly yeah i don't mind shorter races i've started to see that it's just kind of starting to get annoying that we're just the races are just so long now it's it's always been i think we could probably start to experiment with maybe shortening um some races right there's a lot of factors that go into it. The NASCAR is kind of playing with a whole field of different things, but yeah, I mean, it's been a weird year. Let this be a year, the year of I say, let's try this, let's try that. But not going, that the season's a wash, but yeah. But going back to the practice thing, I mean, we have to look at the Daytona Road Course and the fact that they're not going to have any kind of practice on it, and that's where things kind of get a little well, weird. Well, here, here's my argument to that, or my response to that. You got stuff now in in the first. Seven weeks of this pandemic, what did we do? We got together and I raced. Yeah. All the, a lot of those drivers have good rigs and have access to I racing. Mm-hmm. Load up Daytona Road Course, load up your cup car, and practice. The simulators now at the race shops, I'm sure, are just as good, if not, I'm sure they are better than I racing. But same model to it. Mm-hmm. Practice virtually. Yeah. That's a, At least you have an idea of what to expect. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right there. So things just... Yeah, it's a weird, weird season. It's a weird season, very man. Weird season. It's a very weird season. And it will be over with here in the next six months or four months, five months. Yeah, we're pretty close already. We're at the, we see the line at the end of the tunnel. It will be over soon. 2021 will be better unless an asteroid comes and hits us, which I want to be surprised. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, final piece of news I have here, unless you have anything. Uh, just the usual Formula One stuff. All right, we'll get to Formula One stuff here. But I, I, I found this. It kind of made me mad. Okay. The All-Star Open at Bristol. Bubba Wallace. Ah. He got taken out, and prior to that, during driver intros, he got booed. Yes, he did. He got booed. Now, I've seen other videos from fans on YouTube. It was mixed, mm-hmm. if you were there. But for overall, I think he was booed. When he got wrecked, they cheered. Now, people are calling NASCAR fans racist because of that. Ah, uh, man. Now, here's my thing. You go back to the 90s, the mid-90s, the early 90s, even the early 2000s, and Jeff Gordon's on the track. People booed him during driver intros, and every time he wrecked, they cheered. Usually when a certain black three car turned him. Yeah. Now, as a fan of any sporting event, whether it be NASCAR, football, 
maybe you have a crappy job, your spouse isn't happy with you, your house isn't what you want, your car is a piece of junk, pinto, and your only escape is sports on the weekend. And if yours just happens to be NASCAR, because you listen to this podcast, or you're just a NASCAR fan, you go out there, and the driver you despise the most, because everybody has that one driver they don't like. Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, it could be anybody. Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Everybody boos him and then cheers when he wrecks. Yep. Now, when that happens, you feel a little better about yourself. You're like, okay, my weekend was my week wasn't a total wash because Kyle Busch wrecked. Now, when that happens to Bubba Wallace, why call racism? Because people were saying on Twitter, and I don't have the exact whoever said it because I failed to take a screenshot. That we still have a long way to go in NASCAR to progress to equality. Uh, so they're trying to say that we shouldn't boo anybody at this point. At this point, stop telling fans. And I hope NASCAR doesn't stop step in and say, oh, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Stop taking power away from fans. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a down a rabbit hole discussion. But I found that funny how people, once Bubba Wallace was wrecked in an intro, that they booed him and cheered. You know, I don't care. I didn't agree with his wording when he was interviewed after that accident. I didn't yeah. like the fact that he just flat out said that Michael McDowell was just disrespecting because no, Michael McDowell Michael was McDowell's not out there to just wreck everybody. First of all, and it's the All Star Open. No, if, if if he did wreck him on purpose, which it looked like he did, yeah, it kind of did look. And like the he mind did. thought going through his head, and I can't look into his mind and say this is exactly what Michael McDowell was thinking. Mm-hmm. But if he says, if I dump this guy with the first time in a while that fans are in the stands, maybe I could get a few more fans, followers on my Twitter account, maybe more people buying our merchandise, and therefore me putting a little more money in my pocket and in my team's pocket. If if that was the mindset, okay, whatever. But if he was just, eh, messed up, okay, at Bubba's expense. Bubba was expecting to get in with the fan vote. That didn't happen. But oh well, Bubba, suck it up. It's racing. Well, I think Bubba... If I'm not mistaken, what led to, what led up to that was that I think he moved the 34 out of the way. Yeah, he point. moved him, and it's okay for him to move him, but then if he tries to get moved, it's, oh, it, you can't it, have double standards in this yeah, sport. It, it goes back to, we could say there's multiple scenarios. McDowell's uh, spotter could have said, hey, you're clear at the moment, or McDowell could have just made that judgment in the car thinking, hey, I'm ahead of, who was it, William Byron that was right at his corner? Yeah, it was something like that. He I mean, there's a three-car jumble right there. Yeah, I mean, coming off of the turn, he could have been like, oh, uh, maybe I'm clear of William, and I, maybe I can just slide right in behind Bubba, and maybe I can bump him out of the way since the PJ1 is on the bottom well, of the track. No, he came down on his right rear. He turned him. Okay, but I'm just saying, when I, I he hear came what you're saying. Yeah. McDowell looked like he was already turning a little bit left anyways. He I mean, the air could have come right off of William Byron's car and turned him a little bit. Who knows? I'm yeah, just but saying. Why, I'm not defending him. But. Why do we automatically have to... My, my, here's my point. Why do we automatically have to jump to racism every time somebody does Bubba wrong? I'm air quoting here for those listening on the podcast. Wrong on the racetrack. Yeah. Don't. Mm-hmm. If the whole world's out to get him, maybe this isn't his sport. Yeah. Like I said, I know. just I just I kind of disagreed with his comments in the interview because Michael McDowell is somebody that's not out there to hunt down people to just run. No, not, not not I've seen in Michael McDowell's history of racing. And it's just the all star. And it's the all star race, man. Yeah. We're not if it was a if, points race, it'd be different. If, if it was that much to you to get in, maybe you should have won a race between last year's all star race and this year's all star race. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to race your way in or gaining the fan vote. Which, according to the numbers, it looked like he was going to get in on the fan vote. That happened. Clint Boyer got it. Yeah. Oh, well, it's over. But the fact that people were calling racism when that happened, it's like, come on, man. I guess we just have to wait and see what happens in Kansas then. That will be interesting to see. But if anything would have happened, I think it would have happened in Texas. Well, yeah, that's true. But were they even close enough to each other? Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> so don't know. None of them are in my top five. Let's just say that. We got anything else for news? No. All right, man. We'll go ahead and uh, hit Formula One then. Let's get it. All right, Formula One in Hungary. You know what that sound was? That was a Ferrari V10. Oh, no. I was going to say that was Lewis Hamilton getting away from the field, but. Oh. (laughs) Again. I I snagged that from a Ferrari V10, one of the best sounding engines I've ever heard or will ever hear. I wish they'd go back to it. 
But yeah, you're right, man. It was a boring race for me again. Best racing was for 7th, 8th. You know, to me, it's not racing when Lewis Hamilton, and I get it. I get it. In Formula 1, clean air means everything. Those cars need the downforce and the air going over. They're designed for that. They're not designed for pack racing, but it's just boring for me. Uh, okay, so real quick, I've learned that in Formula 1, if you are the leader, it it, it, it makes a better advantage. And I'll, Yeah, no kidding. I figured that out online racing because well, when fi- the leader got out, I was like, how the heck did that happen? And somebody said, well, it's obvious whoever's got the clean air in the lead is going to be the fastest. And I was like, holy crap. Oh my they gosh! They do it you, on the game too. You like, just you just figured that out. Holy crap! So oh my gosh, God. man! No, I just I, I I didn't think it would really be that difficult to chase somebody down like that. Though. Yeah, it's, a problem. it's boring. But I didn't find it well. Okay, so Lewis Hamilton, yes, being in the lead, it was boring. But he led everything. But again, there was other drama to it, like Max Verstappen going into the wall on Sunday morning, and then they got the car fixed on the grid, which was by far very impressive. Right, and then. The Haas team deciding to change over from intermediates to slicks before the race even started. They come down pit road, come in a box, whatever, however right. you want to say it. And so it was, it was interesting. You know, one car started off on full wets. I can't remember who that was. I think it was one of the Williams cars. Yeah, he quickly changed that. But yeah, well, Hamilton tied Michael Schumacher with eight wins at Hungary. That was pretty interesting. Good. He's catching him, man. He's mm-hmm. catching him in total wins. Michael has 91. I think Lewis has 86 now. Man, I mean Hamilton, Verstappen, Botas up there. Kind of, it was it was boring for me. Okay, that's I mean acceptable. It's just getting to the point now where Formula One's not fun to watch anymore, mainly because oh Hamilton's in the lead. I unless it's raining like it did in Germany last year, I know exactly what's going to happen. Well, I thought that the rain was coming. I mean, that's what they talked about all day long was rain, rain, rain. And that's why coming. I was waiting. That's that's the only reason I watched the rest of the races because they said rain's coming in. Yeah, and, and I said, knew that the rain would this help Verstappen. Ha- if this happens, Hamilton's at a disadvantage. The equalizer is there. But yeah. no, it didn't. And Hamilton cruised on to a what? A, a win at 13 seconds? Well, what? I don't know if he was just joking or not when they got done with the formation lap when they got to the grid to set up, but he was talking about how the engine was making some weird noises like it was going to stall. And I was like, oh, boy. Like <laughs> I heard that, too, and guess what? It didn't happen. We'll find out. Oh, it didn't happen on the start? Oh, it didn't happen in turn one? I don't think it's going to happen yeah, now. This is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I will publicly say this. If anybody takes out Lewis Hamilton on the first lap, I will be their biggest fan. I don't care who it is. If somebody takes him out on lap one, turn one, heck, the last lap, on the last turn, one of the lap cars just wrecks him. I will be their biggest fan. Then they get demoted, probably. I will support them <laughs> everywhere. And I would want them on the podcast and say, how did it feel taking out Lewis Hamilton? Because I can't stand watching. Because there was this post he made back when um, Vettel was dominating a Red Bull back in 2008 time frame. And I tweeted this picture. And it said... I'm just going to pull it up here. All right, so Lewis Hamilton back in October 2013. This is from BBC Sports. Said, Sebastian Vettel's dominance could bore fans. Oh. To me, what a prick statement. Oh, I'm not winning, so it's going to be boring for the fans. The heck with this guy. I've, I've never really liked Hamilton. I remember back in 2007, 2006, Dad was watching the Chinese Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton as a rookie could win the championship. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. <laughs> 
Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Now me, knowing a little bit more about racing than dad says, I don't think he's going to do it because he's a rookie. He's going to make a rookie mistake. Sure enough, coming into the pits, he gets into the gravel, stalls out the car, he's out of the race. Mm. Rookie mistake. But ever since then, I felt like I don't like him. But now that this surfaced, because we weren't doing the podcast in 2013. Heck, I really wasn't into Formula One in 2013. Right. But then I saw this and just tweeted, what a prick. And one person liked it, and that was Bryant Barnhill. I did see that. (laughs) But kind of ironic that unless it's him winning, it's not boring to the fans. Yeah. But if it's anybody else that's dominating... It would be boring to the fans. You better be careful because uh, the rumor on the street is Sebastian Vettel's going to Racing Point next season, and the Racing Point's getting there. Racing Point is bringing it together. I will better give watch them that. Out, so, uh... It'll be interesting to see with the new cars coming out, if it's how different that will change up the thing. But top three, Hamilton, Verstappen, and Botas. How would you rate the race? Overall, I gave it a 6.6, so unpredictability left it at a 6. Memorability, a six as well. I gave excitement, intensity, and competitiveness all sevens because I like to look at the whole field in general. Just any kind of battles you can find is counts. See, to me, second is first loser. So. <laughs> you were gracious on the unpredictability. Uh-oh. Memorability, this is my how I rated the race. Memorability, six. Intensity, five. Competitiveness, six. Excitement, five. Unpredictability, two. Wow. Overall race rating for the Formula One Hungarian Grand Prix, 4.8. You're lucky to get that Formula One. That is the lowest I think You I've are ever lucky heard. to get that, and it's going to keep going lower and lower and lower until something happens with the whole package. Put it more, I say put it more in the driver's hands. Would Lewis Hamilton do that well in a Williams? No. No. No, he wouldn't. Absolutely not. Now, you take a Williams driver and put him in a Mercedes, would he do well in that car? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I think it's a combination of driver and equipment. Yeah. It shows with Vettel. Ferrari's struggling. Vettel's a great driver, four-time champ. He's proven that he's going to win championships. He came to Ferrari with high expectations, high hopes, hasn't delivered, and he's leaving, being replaced by Carlos Sainz at the end of this season. That happens in racing. You lose your seat because you're not being competitive. You're not racing well. Could you blame that on the car? It's an easy way to do if I'm a driver. It's easy to blame the car. Yeah. You throw Vettel into a Mercedes against Lewis Hamilton. Well, Racing Point uses Mercedes power units, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they also obviously use Mercedes chassis and Well, we'll say, we'll say that in air quotes because that's still an that's ongoing thing. Renault is trying to protest once again, which we haven't heard anything that comes out of that. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that came out of that yet. But overall, boring race for me for the Formula One race. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, we uh, Formula One is not uh, is off this weekend, and then they'll go to Silverstone next weekend, and we'll be there for two weekends in a row. So we'll see what happens. Okay, maybe Racing Point gets something together to challenge. I mean, Red Bull's definitely struggling a little bit. Well, other than this past week, Max. Verstappen got back on it, and Alex Albon was there again. Right. But we'll have to wait and see. You know, Ferrari's trying to shake things up in their department in general. They're trying to... They've been trying to shake it up since 2004 when Michael Schumacher left and that whole team just... There's a lot going on. Sebastian Vettel could come to Racing Point at the end of the season, which is going to be Aston Martin Racing next year is what their name is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're thinking Perez is going to get replaced, and he's probably going to go to... Alfa Romeo, where he started his career, right. which used to be Sauber. So there's a lot of moving parts, but I'm holding out hope that maybe Racing Point and Red Bull get things together. Maybe they can challenge Mercedes in general. Right. Because Mercedes, I think, is starting to run away with the constructors as well. So, well, yeah, that's obvious. Obviously. So. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all, I, that's all I got for Formula 1, quick and simple. Yeah. Which it could be better. All right, Formula 1's over for me. 
Texas was a great race. All three series were in Texas. Truck Xfinity and Cup. Let's go ahead and hop into that because I got a lot to talk about for this. I enjoyed all three races. Green, green, green. All right, we'll start off with trucks. Now, I have to admit, in fact, I think we should start off with the um, all-star race, to be fair. Yeah. Now, I missed everything but the uh, Cup Series because we were in Alabama. First thing I asked my dad, you have FS1. He says no. Oh, man. So I knew whoever I knew all the stuff that went on with Kyle Busch and the trucks and Xfinity and everything. And then I watched a Cup race at home Sunday. But I will say this about the all-star race. The underglow, good for the all-star race like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. The numbers being pushed back and the door being used more for sponsor didn't look as bad as I thought. Yeah, I, I agree didn't, there. Didn't even notice really the change in it, let's say that. Because once the racing gets going, who cares? Just like when the fans on the stands, man, I miss fans. Green flags drops. I don't even think about fans. It's like watching a normal broadcast on TV. So I didn't mind that. I, I didn't rate the race. I thought it was just a fun Little thing. I thought. I wish it could have been. I don't think Bristol delivered like fans thought it would. I can definitely say something about that. Now, what would you say to that? I'd say Fox played it up way too much. I turned it off after the second stage was over, and the the main. I I will tell the fans straight at home. I turned it off after the second stage. Now I, I knew what was going to happen. It was just Chase Elliott was going to run away with it, and that was it. I didn't really find it very exciting. I thought the All Star Open was much more exciting. Well, yeah, you're trying to race your way into it. But I thought the PJ one at the bottom, giving it an old school Bristol feel, was good. Yeah. If they wanted to keep Bristol the same, they should have kept the thirty six degrees of banking. Mm-hmm. To me, yeah. But it, I, I feel like it didn't really deliver. No, not at all. I thought it, I, it was a good race. I thought, like you, I'm, I'm with you. I thought the underglow was pretty cool. The sponsorship with the number being pushed back. I like I that. that and, I didn't find it that bad at all. In fact, I, I, I liked it. It grew on me. The choose the choose rule was the, the choose rule. I thought would be a little more drama, yeah. Because I was waiting for one guy in the back to get to go to the top, and then everybody go to the bottom, and then one guy said, "I'm just going to go to the top and see what happens," mm-hmm. and then maybe make a race like that. A caution came out, and he's right there now. And choose the bottom and go. But it, it kind of disappointed me a little, yeah. When I rewatched it, but and it's no all star race. It's a throwaway race. Wish I could have been there. I think it would have been more fun if I was there. Yeah, but the truck race in Texas. What do you think of it? It, I mean, it was. It had its moments. It had its moments. Let's just put it that way. Because Kyle Busch was in it. Yes. And I rewatched the race, and I got my top five drivers in honorable mention. But once Kyle Busch got up there racing against Christian Eckes, Christian Eckes was doing a great job. It was him and Kyle Busch led the most laps. I was really hoping Christian Eckes would win it. Yeah. That wasn't meant to be. Cowboys wins the race. Who do you have for top five drivers? So my top five drivers. So I had Ben Rhodes, who had, was fourth in both stages, ended up finishing ninth. Matt Crafton, who eighth in stage one, but second in stage two, and then coming out third, which was good for him. He had a good day. Brett Moffitt finished fifth in the first stage. First, you know, got the stage win, the second stage, and then fifth overall. I put Tyler Ingram in there as well, third in both stages, sixth in the final. And then Christian Eckes, of course, Sixth in the first two stages and then coming out second. I wish he would have gotten the win, but not like you said, not meant to be. So You have a lot of drivers that I picked on there. My first driver was Taylor Akram. You know, like you said, third in both stages, one and two, and then six overall. Started ninth. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a good solid run. Granin Finger was my number two. Though he started second, finished tenth in both stage one and two, but ended up with a good eighth place finish there at the end. Brett Moffitt was another one, was my third driver I picked. Ben Rhodes was my fourth. Fourth in stage one and two, and then ninth overall started tenth. And Christian Eckes started seventh, sixth in stage one and two, and finished second. And I got an honorable mention in there too. Austin Wayne Stealth started twenty sixth, finished fourteenth. Thought he had a great run there. Yeah, wish he could have done better mm-hmm. in his home state of Texas. But here's how I rated the race: memorability seven, intensity eight, competitiveness seven, excitement seven, and unpredictability five. Overall for the truck race, six point eight. Okay, not bad. I had an overall of 6.6. I gave unpredictability a 7 because knowing Kyle Busch was racing, I thought at first, oh, this is going to be one of those things where he just drives away. Right. That wasn't the case for a good part of the race. Christian Eckes was there. Yeah, he was, but that's why I gave it a 5 because Christian Eckes was there, but then Kyle Busch being Kyle Busch. 
Yeah, so I gave memorability a six. Excitement was a seven because, you know, I try to look at some of the other battles as well. Intensity was a six. Competitiveness, I gave a seven as well. It was kind of general. Just trying to give something to the truck series there you. for a six point six overall. So <laughs> I, I, I try to be generous too to the truck series because it's usually a very fun series to watch. Yeah, I didn't see it like that this time. No, I thought the Xfinity race was more fun. In fact, we'll get into the Xfinity right now. So Austin Cindric won by finishing second. Kyle Busch, yep, who wasn't up there. He didn't wasn't up there all day. Started deep in the field, came up through the field after the race was disqualified for his car being too low. How low is probably a thousandth of an inch that he was too low. Austin Sindrick, I gave him my first spot, finished third in stage one, second in stage two, and won the race by finishing second, which goes to show. And now that NASCAR has that, if you fail post-race inspection, even if you win, there's no more of this dock points and dock money, but you get to keep the win. No, you get that stripped. Mm-hmm. And that happened to Kyle Busch. So now he, he lost the race. Didn't really matter because he went to the truck series and won there. Yeah. Austin Sindrick's my driver, starting third, finishing first. I like that. Who's your number one driver? I put Justin Allgaier as my number one driver, who two stage wins and then finishing third overall. I gave him the number one spot in my top five. Uh, see, I gave him number five. Oh, wow. I gave him number five because he really didn't. He started fourth, finished third. He was up there in the top five all day. Yeah. He didn't really. I mean, I could. you can make the same argument to. Austin Sendrick, but Austin Sendrick won, and Justin Allgaier didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, for my second driver, I gave that to Chase Briscoe. Started 12th, 4th in Stage 1, 5th in Stage 2, and 2nd overall. I was pulling for him. I always pull for Chase Briscoe. You can never count that guy out. Who's your number two? Uh, that's where I put Austin Sendrick at, was number two. Fair enough. So, <laughs> uh, Jeb Burnham was my number three, though he started 2nd. Didn't do so well in Stage 1, finishing 10th. Stage 2... Had a seventh, but then overall sixth place finish. Good run for him. I had him in my number three spot, too. Yeah. So <laughs> great minds think alike. For fourth, I gave it to Brandon Jones. Oh, fourth that, as well. <laughs> you, I think you're copying me, man. No, I'm not. <laughs> he started sixth, finished second in stage one, third in stage two, and seventh overall. I thought he had a good run all around in that. Joe Gibbs Toyota. And then if Justin Allgaier was my fifth driver. Who's your fifth driver? Uh, Michael Annette. I don't even have Chase Briscoe in my top five. Wow. Yeah. I hmm. was a little bit more generous for some other drivers this week. So The way I see it, if you want to be in, in the Marbles top five, especially for me, perform well. Yeah, so I gave Michael but, Annette fifth for uh, seventh in stage one, ninth in stage two, and then fifth overall. So Good top five for him. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Honorable mention to Jeffrey Earnhardt for me. Started 21st, finished 12th. Good for him. How do you rate the race? We'll start off with you first. Uh, so it came out to an overall of a 7.2. I gave it a 7 for unpredictability, memorability, excitement, and intensity. And then I gave competitiveness an 8. All right. You were a bit more generous than me because I said, oh. memor- well, maybe a little less generous. Let's see here. Memorability, 7. Intensity, 8. Competitiveness, 8. Excitement, 8. Unpredictability, 6. Only because Kyle Bush was in there. Mm-hmm. I'm going off of the whole race. I mean, you can't bank on him failing inspection every time he races in a lower division. Right. Overall, 7.4. Okay. Just a little bit higher than mine. But I thought it was a fun race. That was probably the most fun racing all weekend. Yeah. To me. I, I did enjoy that one. Oh, man. Then we get to the cup race. The big show. I tried to text Ross. Don't know if he made it or not. He didn't tell me he made it. Maybe he was working, which is a big bummer because I think he would have enjoyed it. First two-thirds of the race. Now, they split it up different. They split it up in actual thirds. Yeah. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Fuel mileage comes into play. One or two pit stops. See what happens. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Instead of splitting up half and half, or splitting up the first half of the race into two more halves, and then a third portion split it up into thirds. I like that. Yeah. Austin Dillon. How about him? Pit strategy, taking two tires, getting up to the front with his Richard Childress teammate. Didn't think they – I thought they were – you yeah, know, sitting ducks. Sitting ducks. But they proved us wrong, and they proved, once again, clean air with this high downforce, low horsepower package means everything. everything. 100%. Richard Childress won two. Austin Dillon winning the race. He's my number one driver. Started 21st. Two tires for track position. Didn't even place in the top ten in both state, both stage one and two. Yeah. But finished first. Locked his place into the championship. 
I don't even have him in my top five. Wow. See, to <laughs> me, that's, I mean, get track position. You start at 21st. You avoided that big wreck. Yep. You won the race. Mm-hmm. Who's your, number, who's your number one driver? I put Ryan Blaney in there. He's my number two driver only because he's, he started second, swept his first stages, finished seventh, but led 150 laps. Yeah. He was on a rail. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was the car to beat. But you lose that track position, get into that dirty air, four tires or not, and finish seventh. That's a bummer. But now who do you have for your second driver? Tyler Reddick. Now, see, I, I, Tyler Reddick, Reddick isn't even in mind. Yep, I put Tyler Reddick in my top five. Even though he was outside the top ten in stage two, he got fourth in first stage and then coming home overall second, which was yeah. uh, I was really pulling for him to get that win, though. I, I don't think there was one person on Twitter when I was on Twitter during the race saying, I hope Reddick loses. Oh, I'm sure everybody wanted him to everybody win. Everybody wanted him to win. In, in, in Austin Dillon's statement after getting out of the car, not bad for Silver Spoon Kid, huh? It's like, uh, yep. oh, boy, play <laughs> on to that, huh? Still think he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Take away his last name, and he's yep. going to be in Quinn House position. Mm. All right, for third, I put Eric Jones. Started 23rd, didn't finish in the top 10 in stage one. Stage two, finished ninth. Overall, sixth-place finish. Joey Logano, I have in third. Joey Logano's my fifth. Ooh, only because he rebounded good in stage two, finishing second, and then finishing third or overall. Started ninth. Not the best day for that team, but he's still locked into the championship. We'll see what's going on. Now, from fourth place. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Who do you have? I thought I would never say this. I have Kyle Busch in my top five. Okay. <laughs> and hey. I have him fourth, so. He did well. He even did with, do he, well. Even with that drive through the grass, he pulled it off, man. And that's why I put him in there because, wow, like even everybody on the broadcast was very surprised that him going through the grass, they were like, the splitter has got to tear up, and it held nope. together well. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I thought he did. <laughs> and I liked his comments. He's. KFB. And if you need me to explain that to you, just private message us on in the marbles and or Twitter and I'll I'll fill in the blanks for you. My fourth place driver, Kevin Harvick, overall good day. Started fifth, finishing third in stage one, fifth in stage two, and fifth overall. It wasn't really a factor all day like Kevin Harvick normally is, but yeah. still finished a good title top five. You know my fifth place, Joey Logano, who's yours? I put Kurt Bush. Right, you got the Bush brothers in there. I got there. the Bush brothers in there, Kurt, with the sixth place, first stage, fourth, second stage, and then eighth overall. I just thought it was a good day for Chip Ganassi Racing, considering the 42 was crashed and that yeah, that was got a bummer. caught up in the accident. So it was straight up T bone, Marnie Turex Jr. Ganassi got away with at least a, a top 10 finish with one of the drivers. So. Uh, honorable mention for me, I know I'm kind of throwing this at you, and but I like I want to bring back honorable mentions because I like the honorable mentions. Clint Boyer starting 17th, finishing 11th. Almost threw it away before we rated the race. So how would you rate the race? <laughs> All right. So this is the highest race I have rated this weekend. Okay. It's at an eight. Ooh, wow. I gave unpredictability a nine because of I gave what it a we nine saw too. at the end of the race. Because it seemed like once stage three happened, every for, everybody forgot how to drive. Yeah. And then the costumes came out. Then the strategy was going on. Then the, do you want tires? Do you want track position? So I gave memorability a seven. I gave excitement, intensity, and competitiveness all eights. Okay. So and unpredictability a nine. Yep. Now, see, I got it a little higher than you. I got it 8.6, and here's how I got it for rating the race for a Texas Cup race. Memorability, eight. Intensity, nine. Competitiveness, nine. Excitement, eight. Unpredictability, nine. Overall, 8.6. And now I can throw away the paper. Yeah, now you can throw it. Because that was the cup race. I thought it was a great race there at the end. Yeah, I thought it was Congratulations, uh, not Austin a bad Dillon. race at all. Richard Childress starting to climb out of the hole yeah. they're in. About time. Mm-hmm. Definitely about time. But overdue, probably. Yeah, but great run for both those cars and that team. Great great race overall. Looking forward to this weekend's activity there in Kansas. Kansas. Not uh, Kentucky. Yeah, an odd schedule this week in Kansas. So, and, and the reason why they're doing that, having the cup race Thursday night, which will be tomorrow night, at, or... Depending on this episode's coming out Thursday, so tonight 
if you're yeah. listening to this episode, is that NBC Sports wants a night week weekday night race for the Cubs series like Fox did because they got high ratings mm-hmm. during that time. So we got the Cup race Thursday night. Yeah, Cup race Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. is the start time. I don't know if that's green flag start time, if that's coverage start time. You know that's never green flag. Once yeah, you're you, right. You you're have right. to do the freeze race. You have to do the interviews. You're right. You're you have right. to do the invocation, <laughs> the national anthem, the flyover. After the flyover, oh, they're getting into their cars now. We'll be right back for the start of the command. Yeah. And then they get back. and It'll probably be like 8 o'clock. And then once they start the command, then they have to get going, and they have to... Yeah. And all this, weather permitting. Yep. They're in Kansas. Who knows? You've seen Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Anything can happen. So. <laughs> and it's 2020. Yeah, that's right. It is 2020. So after that, we'll move to Saturday. We have a triple header on Saturday. So the trucks are going to race. I believe it's 1 o'clock. Xfinity will go. It's, I think it's about 5 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if I wrote it down. It says I have 5, but that might just be coverage time. And then the trucks will race after the Xfinity race Saturday night. Yeah, you also said last week that we, Xfinity was racing in New Hampshire. I totally just got lost on that one. So <laughs> that was – I swear I thought I saw it, but who knows what was happening last week. So may have been the medications. I, I would blame it on the medications I if I were you. It, I would. All right, so we're looking forward to that. No Formula 1 – no, next weekend we'll be at Silverstone. And yep, not this be, weekend, next weekend. Yeah, next weekend we'll do two weeks in a row just like we did with Austria to start the season. Okay. So. Oh, looking forward to that, man. You got anything else with NASCAR before we wrap it up and go into our movie review? Nope. All right, bud. So we'll hit. The, we'll go ahead, and I got a very special movie I want to review here. Here's In the Marvels movie review for episode 44. I was debating whether to buy this or not, and I'm so glad I did because i never seen it before. Our movie review this week is ESPN's 30 for 30, The Tim Richmond Story to the Limit. I think I may have seen that before. It's a, it's about, you have to, I bought, I bought it for on Amazon for two bucks. Mm-hmm. To me, it was worth the two bucks because I like Tim Richmond and the story behind him and how his character how he was based off the character for Days of Thunder's Cold Trickle. Yes, I think I may have seen it. The 30, 30, 30 for 30 series are always good, but I think I may have seen it a couple of times, but it was probably a while ago. Yeah, and it's a, it's an older one. I'd say mid-2000s and yeah. early 2000s. It's not new by mm-hmm. any stretch of the no. imagination, but really good. It's, it go, covers his career, how he was born into wealth and good means. He, wasn't, he didn't come from the dirt and... Rise up. He was already pretty much good position yeah. in order to start driving. Started racing sprint cars and moved to Indy cars. Moved to NASCAR after USAC and actually raced in two Indianapolis 500s and finished in the top ten in both of them. Impressive. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about how he was doing so well in NASCAR, but and we've covered this on the show how his lifestyle caught up with him. Yep. And I found it very crazy because with this whole pandemic thing going on everybody's afraid of everybody yeah now back in the and i'm sure our fans who are old enough to remember this because we were just kids at the time heck i don't even think you were born when were you born 92 you weren't even born yeah but when the old aids epidemic came in and nobody knew how it was spread nobody knew how how it happened but you knew if you got it is a death sentence yeah he was sick with pneumonia because they talked about how during the course of this year, I think it was 87, 88, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, how he would start coughing during interviews, just, you know, coughing. And people would say, what's going on? And he'd say, it's none of your business, you know. He was sick. Then how, you know, they said, yeah, he was a partier. He loved ladies. He loved to show off his plane. He had a private pilot's license. And, you know, he would, he lived life to the fullest. Probably made some bad choices along the way, as a lot of us do, as all of us have done. Yeah, that's life. It's life. You make bad choices. You learn from it move on. But this guy just, Tim Richmond was to NASCAR, I believe, as James Hunt was to Formula One. Loved life. Can't take it away. Can drive a race car. Wants to do everything else. He died of pneumonia as a result of having AIDS. How that works, I'm not a doctor. But he died of, your body can't fight the disease and... He died. 
and it interviewed his sister, friends, Humpy Wheeler, Rick Hendrick, who, whom he drove for. And had that guy been in longer, like Alan Kowicki, Davy Allison, he would have rewritten the history books. Yeah. To me, in the Marvel fans, worth the $2, 30 for 30, Tim Richmond to the limit. I give it four lug nuts. <laughs> worth the checkout. And if you need to rewatch it again, I, I, I even encourage you to rewatch it. It was a good movie. Yeah, it's uh, definitely good. I totally agree with everything you said there. 30, I mean, 30 for 30s are always good. And Tim Richards. Yeah, regardless of the really sport, good. you learn something and they make yeah. it fun to watch. And I can only imagine the writers writing it for the COVID. Oh, man, they're writing it. And yeah. You, I, I thought it was a great movie. Check it out. 30 for 30. Tim Richmond to the limit. Four lug nuts here and in the marbles. Worth your time. Worth your hour and a half of your time. That was our movie review. We'll go ahead and hit into our final thoughts, our driver of the week this week in NASCAR, and our predictions for Kansas. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. All right, final thoughts here. Who do you have for Kansas? For the truck series, uh, my top five to watch, I have Matt Crafton, Christian Eckes, Ben Rhodes, Zane Smith, uh, Sheldon Creed, and then I put Austin Wayne Self in there as the dark horse. Now, see, Austin Wayne Self would be my dark horse as well because I want to make my honorable mention my dark horse because of the momentum that they're carrying. So Austin Wayne Self, Tyler Akram, Christian Eckes, Brett Moffitt, Matt Crafton. Okay, that's pretty and solid. dark horse, I don't really have a dark horse. I remain brothers racing driver. Yeah. Any of them, I, I like watching them race. I thought Angela Ruck did great in Texas. Finish a number of laps down, but finished. Yeah. That's what's important. Xfinity, who do you have? I have, so you can't go wrong with these. Cindric, Briscoe, and Noah Gregson are three of them yep. right there already. I put Brandon Jones and then Justin Allgaier. And then it's not really much of a dark horse, but I'm hoping Anthony Alfredo kind of continues to carry momentum. Yeah. I He didn't do so well in Texas. Yeah. Didn't have to finish that I was expecting, but that happens sometimes. But, yeah, definitely Briscoe. Gregson, Cindric, Allgaier, Arnett. That's who I would say, too. That's a pretty solid. I mean, I mean you can't that, go wrong. It's can, almost like a new big three right you there. You cannot go wrong with Cindric or Briscoe. They're not last year's big three, but yeah, they're, they're the Fords are definitely doing well there. Looking forward to that. Now, Cup, big one. A lot of drivers want that first win. I know Kyle Busch does. For me, he's my number one pick. He's got to win. He, he, he doesn't have to win if he keeps running consistently. He could go into the playoffs without a win yeah. on points. But there's only, correct me if I'm wrong, six more spots. We have eight more races. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tight. If eight different drivers win that haven't won before, Kyle Busch is in trouble. Well, going off of this past weekend, there is some unpredictability there, that's for sure. Yeah, so Kyle Busch would be in my number one watch. Can't take it away from Kevin Harvick. He's always a dominant force there. Clint Boyer. His home state, I think he's going to step up and do well there. Brad Keselowski, he's always a factor in every racetrack, I feel. But I feel Brad Keselowski is going to start bringing in a little more. He's been struggling, I feel, here as of late. Ryan Blaney, number five. Dark Horse, Eric Jones, and that 20 Gibbs Toyota. I like your top five. I have Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano. I put Kurt Busch in there. And then I put Martin Truex Jr. in there. I didn't even okay. put Kyle Busch in there. Dark Horse, I'm going a little bit way out. I'm putting Chris Buescher in there. I, I like that. Now, see, we kept saying the Benedetto, but I feel like we've been jinxing the Benedetto. Yeah, here. so I'm going to kind of stay I'm away I'm going to stay that. away from the Benedetto here for the next few <laughs> weeks until he gets number 100 for the Wood Brothers and yeah. hit number one for him. But our driver of the week this week in NASCAR, so I don't know if we covered him yet. I'm thought, I've always thought fondly of this guy. A very recognizable car in the 90s. Even if you weren't a fan, you knew what this car was. The driver in the 90s of the number five Kellogg Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports, Texas, Terry Labonte. Good one. Driver I like of the week. that. Born 1956 in Corpus Christi, Texas, a two-time Winston Cup champion in 1984 and 1996. 1989 IROC champion, that is International Race of Champions. Two-time Southern 500, 1980 and 2003. The 1988 and 1999 Winston All-Star Race winner. 2016 Hall of Fame inductee, 890 races over a 37-year career. His first race came in the 1978 Southern 500 there at Darlington. His last race came at the 2014 Geico 500 at Talladega. I found this interesting. First win, 1980 Southern 500, and his 
last win, the 2003 Southern 500. Both of his wins were sandwiched at the Southern 500. Terry Labonte. Pretty cool. Your driver of the week this week in NASCAR. Nice. What do you have for this week in NASCAR? So this week in NASCAR, even though we're kind of doing the show a little bit early in the week, uh, today's the 22nd. We're going to go to July the 25th. Uh, 1970, Bobby Isaac dominates the Nashville 420, finishing two laps ahead of the field. Only nine cars finished the grueling race, which is televised in part by ABC Sports. Third-place finisher Neil Castles finished 26 laps behind Isaac. That is your wow. this week in NASCAR. <laughs> and we thought it was bad with Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so. so your only chance of winning is if he wrecks with 27 to go. Right. Oh, so, my goodness. Wow. Even if you wreck with two to go, it's like, oh, we got the race. Yeah. Run out of fuel. We got the race. Mm-hmm. My goodness. I can't even imagine that. Because I think the – no, I've never – the only dominating, dominating race that I remember of that is Truex with the Coke 600 a few years ago. He led 392 of those laps. A 400. A 400. Wow. It's just wow. Yeah, I can't even explain it. <laughs> There's I no can't. words. <laughs> no words whatsoever. All right. Well, that was, our, that was our episode this week. Preston, do you have anything else before we start wrapping it up? Uh, I'll throw one thing in there. Okay. Tony Kanaan is racing in Tony Stewart's league next summer. That'll be fun to watch. So I just found I, that I've, out today I've on I've heard rumors that Jeff Gordon is going to race in it, Dale Jr. A lot of, it seems like, I'd hate to put it like this, it seems like a retired series. Like retired racers come here, put on a show for the fans, win a trophy. Yeah. I think this is what Tony Stewart's going for. Don't get political. Come here, race. Everything's the same. Have an international race of champions. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Montoya in it. Maybe a Formula One driver in yeah. it coming out uh, it would be cool to get Mika Hockenden in there. That would be cool. And David Coulthard. But I, I think that's going to be what this series is all about, and I'm looking forward to it. I am, too. I'm excited for it. All right, so Tony Kanaan coming yeah. out of retirement. <laughs> Air race, quotes again. To race in the <laughs> Tony Stewart series. And Preston, I, I think that'll do it for I this week here it. in the Marvel. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week here at In The Marbles. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And be on the lookout for the latest and greatest news from the world of auto racing. And make sure during the races to join me and Preston on social media to talk about racing and all that stuff. From Preston Lude, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for listening. Be safe out there and have a good rest of your week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.